Today's Egg Spotlight episode is sponsored by Energrow. Energrow's oil seed pressing system helps farmers crush their feed costs. The easy way to make fresh, homegrown, high-quality meal plus expeller pressed oil right on the farm. The fully automated Turnkey Crush Pro is easy to set up and run 24-7. To learn more, go to energrow.ca. Welcome to North American Egg Spotlight. I'm Chrissy Wozniak. Today I'm speaking with Larry McGuire. He's Member of Parliament for the Federal Riding of Brandon Souris since uh, 2013. And he also grew up on a farm in Souris, Manitoba, and has a strong record of standing up for Canadian farmers. Welcome, Larry, and thank you so much for being here. Pleasure to be here with you today, Chrissy. Yeah. Wonderful. So I heard you got some great news yesterday about uh, yeah. the, uh, the bill um, C-208. But before we dive into that, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself and what brought you into public service? I grew up in a small town just south of Surus at Elgin, Manitoba, 35 miles off the American border with all of my colleagues and neighbors down there. Uh, we've made friends with over the years. I uh, farmed there all of my life, got into farm leadership roles, I guess, uh, was in Kansas in 86 when the U.S. brought in their first farm bill uh, as a farm leader in the prairies way back then, uh, much younger in those days. But anyway, I... Uh, uh, I guess that's what gave me the experience to get involved in Canadian farm organizations. You know, your community grows up. You mentioned that I grew up in Surus or Elgin in that area. Then your community expands to the area around that. Then it became Manitoba when I was farm business president in Manitoba. Uh, helped found the Keystone Agriculture Producers, a general farm organization in that area. Became president of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association. That got me speaking to our American neighbors on a regular basis with their National Association of Wheat Growers. Uh, uh, groups down there uh, used to go to the NOG conventions in warmer places in January than Regina and Winnipeg, but right. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> but um, just getting involved in community. The community just kept expanding, and I was a provincial MLA for 14 years in Manitoba, member of the Legislative Assembly provincially, similar to the states uh, what they have in the in the U.S. Uh, and then, of course, our member stepped down in the midterm in 2013, and I ran for that uh, successful election and back in 2013 and have been a federal member of parliament now uh, for the last eight years. So uh, with a farm background and a rural background, I'm very interested in all of the things that keep agriculture going. Uh, I just got off a Zoom call with the Egg Producers of Canada, uh, you know, and, and those yeah. things continue to, uh, to work. Um, Presently, I've, I've been on the Ag Committee uh, as, a, as an opposition member in Canada, uh, but presently I'm on the Health Committee of Canada as well, but you'll never take the interest of agriculture away from a farm boy. So I guess it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be able to, to uh, speak to you today about this Bill C-208, as you said. And, and uh, I think, you know, to answer your question just got involved. I always laugh and say that I was the only one in a little town of Elgin. It was only about 400 people when I grew up. Now it's only about 50. Oh, wow. But I was the only one that grew up in that. Well, I wasn't the only one. There was lots of volunteers, but I'm the, how did I get into politics? I probably grew up in a, you know, and uh, I was the only one that never said no. So, uh, right. you know, you get yourself involved and uh, if you like people, then you probably are destined to be in volunteer or politics someplace. And that's how I got into all this. Right. Wow. That's really great. So farm families are at a, at a huge disadvantage with our current tax laws. So can you tell me the importance of your bill, C-208? Well, this is a very interesting situation. I've picked up a bill that the interim leader of the NDP had word for word. 
Guy Caron brought this forward. The first, first, the first iteration was actually from a liberal, uh, uh, Mr. Debru, who was uh, Emmanuel Debru, who uh, brought this forward when I was in government. He was an opposition member back in Mr. Prime Minister Harper's days, uh, from 13 to the 15 election, and uh, <clears throat> and it didn't go anywhere because of the election being called. And Mr. Caron brought it forward as well, and it was defeated by the liberals at that time. Uh, and so I have brought that forward. Um, what the bill does is it levels the playing fields for farm transfers, for family farm transfers. When parents decide to sell to their own son, daughter, or grandchild, grandson, or granddaughter, uh, there's a different tax law if you sell to your own family than a complete stranger. Mm-hmm. Somebody from the other side of the planet, basically, <laughs> could be. Uh, and so this, we've, I felt, and so did the, all of the opposition members feel, and actually having gotten it through the vote yesterday uh, in Parliament and now off to the Senate to be, to be worked there uh, before it becomes law. Um, we had, uh, I think it was 19 Liberal members that actually voted for it as well. And so uh, it, it's, a, it's a big change for people, and I can get into the details of that, but of, of the bill and how that works for you. But uh, uh, in a, the bottom line on this bill is it levels the playing field for people wanting to sell to their own family because there's a huge tax detriment to do that today. Right. And and so can you give us an example of the way the family land transfer happens right now and then mm-hmm. and then what um, Bill C-208 does? Well, when you anybody can sell to their family, there's mm-hmm. there's no doubt about that. The problem is uh, when you sell to your. This is for qualifying farms, and it's not just farms. This is this bill affects every small business in Canada. You could have a bakery, uh, an insurance broker, you know, uh, office. Um, if you want your family to take over that business, and it's defined as a small business because there's a definition of that in Canadian law. Mm-hmm. So it's not everybody that can be, uh, that can take uh, uh, the benefit of this or would, would uh, uh, you know, I'm hesitant to say a benefit because all this really does is level the playing field to selling to a stranger. Um, so, so there's nothing prohibiting you from doing it today, except that it's going to cost you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. If you're a qualifying small business or fishery or a farming operation in Canada, uh, and you're incorporated and you have share values, uh, which many are set up today um, because of tax laws. It's, it's just a, a benefit to be incorporated as a, as a small business, uh, whether you're a farm or not. And uh, if you sell your, uh, your business today, the difference between the original purchase price and the sale price mm-hmm. is taxed differently. So if you sell to a complete stranger, you get to use what we have here in Canada as a, uh, a capital gains exemption. So your tax rate comes down to around 13 or 14%. Um, if you sell to your son or daughter or grandchild, then you are taxed, then the profits of that sale become taxed as a dividend instead of, and you're not eligible for the capital gains exemption. So therefore you can pay as high as 44% tax. Wow. So that's a difference of, in many cases, on a million-dollar operation of about $400,000. And, you know, I mean, we've built in uh, uh, check marks in this as well to make sure that there aren't, uh, that that everything stays above the law. Uh, And I can get into that uh, uh, later as well. But but that's the bottom line. It's Mm -hmm. the difference between being able to use your capital gains exemption and for the 
parents who have basically probably in most small business that I know and farms uh, have put their heart and soul and all of their profits back into the business through their lifetime. And when they want it to carry on into the next generation, when the next generation purchases it and pays them for it, that payment that they get is their retirement fund in most cases. And I think what the federal government, the, the Liberals have not supported this, but as I said, 19 did vote for it yesterday, so it'll go off to the Senate. And I think uh, with some uh, um, time there, it, it, we're hoping that it will pass the Senate as well and become law. But uh, there is a situation where we want to, to be able to just um, have that money stay in the community, and it'll do that better by staying in the hands of the parents because they're not going to move away a a whole long ways away if they have a family involved in a business that's that, that they've built themselves. Right. Yeah. So when, uh, when exactly did the existing law come to be? How, how long ago was that? Well, these tax laws and corporation, that sort of thing came in in the seventies, I believe, uh, yeah. uh, you know, close to 50 years ago, I guess some of them. Um, I don't know when this exact uh, law came into being, uh, but it has been there for decades uh, mm-hmm. and it's been a big cost. Uh, the government at one point indicated that it was going to be something like $2 billion a year. Well, the, even the public, the parliamentary budget officer and the library of parliament uh, who I went to before we brought this bill back in word for word indicated that it's nowhere near that. It might be in the neighbor of 170 to 300 million a year. But it's not every business that will sell to their family. Families change, and, and the younger generation, in many cases, goes to university, uh, takes a different path and, uh, uh, than farming or fishing or, or, you know, whether it's a bakery or life underwriter. Or, you know, I, we've had a lot of support from the Canadian Life Underwriters Association, the Insurance Brokers Association of Canada, all the, all the provincial farm organizations, the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, the Taxpayers Federation of Canada, mm-hmm. the Montreal Board of Trade. I mean, the, it goes on and on and on, the list of people that are supportive of this move. So it, it, it levels the playing field. That's what it does. That is excellent. I saw that the prime minister did vote against the bill um, yesterday. So what do you think the reasoning is behind it? It seems obvious to us, you know, that this is a good path. But what do you think that reasoning is? Well, I mentioned that there were safeguards built into this. They're worried about the fact that there may be some kind of uh, uh, illegal transaction take place in this effort. effort. Okay. Now, this bill does not stop Canada Revenue Agency or or the uh, the taxation people in Canada Department of, of Revenue from auditing anybody at any time like they would normally. Right. So the, um, the the safeguard that Mr. Caron built into this bill is that if the transaction were to take place and no money was to change hands, but the parents would get the benefit of the capital gains exemption, mm-hmm. that he built it in there that if there's if if that hasn't happened. Uh, Within five years, then the parents have to go back and pay the taxes as if it was deemed to be a dividend sale anyway. I see. Right. So nobody's going to, you know, for the kind of money involved in any small business that I've ever spoken to or been involved in myself, because I was, uh, and I'm one of the ones that was able to take, you know, advantage of that capital gains exemption because my children were both in other industries and uh, my son and daughter were both in other industries. And so we did not sell it to a, a, you know, directly transfer to a family member but for those who have uh, they they should have that opportunity and so this safeguard built into it uh, of 
having to go back and pay it as if the taxes, as if it was a, a dividend, um, is a very big detriment to any kind of misuse of the situation. For sure. Yeah. And uh, Canada's existing tax law, it's similar to the one put forward by the Biden administration recently. So do you have any advice for our U.S. audience when it comes to fighting things like this? Because you are fighting this. So what, it, what get, advice get, do you get have? Get it passed as quick as you can. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, I'm seriously, this is yeah. just, uh, you know, I've got, I, I, as I say, I was in the U.S. and the farm bills came in in the 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's been different advantages that we've talked about on different sides of the border in our agriculture industries and small businesses throughout say, everybody's lifetime. Different uh, governments will come in and change those situations or try to improve it for people. Uh, anything we can do to keep these small businesses in in their local area, to continue to employ the people that they do, to continue to give families an ongoing uh, revenue source so that they can make their living doing these things, uh, helps build small communities. It helps build cities. It helps everybody. And uh, And government are always looking for ways to help people you know, as we say in government, uh, this is one of the best ways. Leave the money in their pockets. Uh, You know, don't take it out of there in the first place. And by doing that, those dollars are going to stay in those communities. They're going to develop those communities and there's less, uh, um, you know, need for government to get involved in those areas. And not not to deny the fact that these people, if they live there, they're, they're volunteers. And, and in, it's the same in the U.S. as it is here in Canada. Uh, a lot of our communities exist because people are very much involved in their community as volunteers. Mm-hmm. And that's what helps make them tick. And if they can stay in those communities with the funds that I've talked about uh, without being a burden on the next generation, then that's a big gain for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bill is now headed to Senate. Uh, so what's the kind of the timeline there? Um, well, we just got it through the House uh, of Commons in Canada here yesterday afternoon, and mm-hmm. uh, it will go to the Senate, uh, which we have a constituency week next week. So it'll probably come back in after the long weekend, the May long weekend here on the 25th of May, and uh, it will start its way through the Senate at that time. Um, and, uh, and so uh, it and other bills. And so we rise for the summer on June the 23rd, if there's no interruption from the minority government uh, in an election in Canada. And with COVID being what it is, uh, there's some, uh, I think there's, uh, uh, you, you can never say never, but I would say that it's a, uh, there's less risk than there was maybe a month ago, uh, unfortunately, because I mean, nobody wants to have an election in the middle of a pandemic. So if we can uh, spend a bit of time with the Senate and moving this bill, these bills, as mine and, and others, there's a few other ones that have passed uh, um, yesterday in the House as well, and a couple before that, to be dealt with as private members' uh, bills in the Senate. Uh, it'll be picked up there and moved forward, and hopefully some of these will go either, you know, uh, pass before the end of June when we rise or early in the fall if there's still no election then. Great. Yeah. And is there anything we can do to help this cause at this point? Absolutely. I think that there's, uh, for anybody out there who's interested in this, let your senators know now, 
Still, though, let your members of parliament know because mm -hmm. they need to know that there is support for this. Uh, and, and as I said, there is not one constituency of the 338 that we have in Canada that this doesn't involve. Mm -hmm. Everybody has small businesses of one way, shape or form in their writings. It's not just farming or fishing. Uh, you know, it could be a bake shop, a dress shop, a corner store, uh, you know, any of these uh uh, insurance uh, organizations as well anybody with a small business uh, and we've had as i say big support from all over canada on this um and i think it's uh it's just a situation whose time has come and uh and hopefully we can level the playing field so let your senators know uh as well because that's where mm -hmm. it'll be dealt with next Great. Yeah. And you're also opposed to um, Bill C-10. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about your position on that controversial bill? Well, our Conservative Party is against that uh, as it's yeah. presently put forward. Um, <clears throat> there's amendments that may come to it, but one that they took out was to make sure that individuals could still post what they want on social media. Mm. They've taken that, or they had taken that amendment out of the bill and yet they're still trying to say, Oh no, this is no infringement on anybody's rights to free speech or free mm. expression. But it clearly is because uh, they've taken that part of it for individual rights out of the bill. Uh, and so we're trying to at least have that put back in, but we're very uh, concerned about the activity of the government in regards to, uh, limiting the use of social media in Canada by Canadians under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so so thank you for opposing that one as well on behalf of most of us, I would say. Um, so I have one last question for you. On the show, I, I usually ask my guests what they want their legacy to be. So what is that for you? What did God put you on this earth to accomplish? Well, probably to be a good farmer. Uh, and, yeah. you know, we all have our families and that sort of thing that we want to make sure that we can take care of as well as we possibly can. But I think the, the big thing here for me, as I mentioned earlier, is just, you know, uh, um, my dad had a saying, uh, chance to meet a stranger is an opportunity to make another friend. And uh, I've tried to live by that all my life because helping others is, I, I mean, I, I did not start out to be doing this when I started farming, you know, almost 50 years ago. But, um, you know, it, it's just, um, it's not a calling. It's just uh, something that I have come into. And as I said, my community kept expanding. And I just want the legacy to know that, uh, to, to read somewhere along the line that I was able to help people. And that's why you bring things like this Bill C-208 together. It's just a like make life a little more simple for everybody. And you can do that if you're in a position of, of uh, town councils, municipal councils, you don't have to be a member of parliament to do it. You, we can, in all of our volunteer organizations, we've got many charitable organizations in Canada to be involved in and around the world as well. So, uh, you know, that's why there's so many similarities between Canada and the United States. Uh, in regards to uh, this type of lifestyles, I was involved as a member of the Manitoba legislature with people from Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, wow. and Manitoba got together years ago. Uh, and we were dealing with issues following the 1997 flood of the Red River uh, on issues of common concern to us. There's lots of differences, but these, it was a big learning experience to find out that, you know, 
people on the ground in North Dakota that are farming have the same situations as we do in Southern Manitoba or Ontario. And uh, it, it's uh, once you break things down and get to speak to each other on a daily basis, practically, you can find out that there's a lot of similarities. And uh, and I try to use my skills in that if I can say that there are any uh, to be able to, you know, uh, uh, take out some of the differences that exist, I guess. And uh, it doesn't have to be between nations. It can be between provinces or, or neighboring towns. And uh, I think that's a big issue for people to be able to take into consideration as they go through life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, there's, a, there's so many big issues right now, yeah. and I really appreciate your analysis. And, uh, and again, thank you so much for fighting for Canadian farmers. It's, it's wonderful to have people out there actually fighting. Well, you know, the other one is on, I, I got to know a lot of people in Southern Ontario when I was on the Canada Grains Council as well. And I spent mm-hmm. a lot of time on some of the Southern Ontario farms. And I, I uh, was on the immigration committee, as I said, uh, just a while ago, um, and spent a lot of time in the greenhouse industry dealing with the temporary foreign workers and the seasonal ag workers that we have in Canada and as well. And I want to commend all of the all of the farms out there today for the for the great work that they're doing and keeping everybody safe and uh, and for the produce. Uh, I'll, I'll be very unabashed about this. We provide the best food in the world, the best quality food in the world to the to the to our consumers in Canada, and we should be very proud of that. And consumers should be aware of that as well, because uh, it doesn't happen everywhere in the world like this. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Definitely. Yes, thank you. And thanks to all of our, uh, our all of our listeners and our audience. Uh, if you want more information, all the links will be provided in the show notes. So have a mm-hmm. great day. Great. Thank you. The way we conduct business and agriculture has endured a drastic change. Our handshake industry has traditionally been face-to-face, but with the cancellation of in-person events and farm shows, everyone has had to adapt, from farms to manufacturers to service providers. With a dizzying array of marketing and digital business choices, you need to make the right decisions or risk not being seen at all. If you need advice or a customized plan for your business, don't hesitate to reach out to me at chrissywozniak.com or chrissy.info because that's easier to spell. Don't risk not pivoting your business. Find a path that will take you into the digital space and be seen by our industry. Fastline Auctions, the ultimate destination for online farm equipment auctions. Looking to list equipment? Fastline Auctions knows farmers, and farmers have trusted Fastline for their equipment needs for over 45 years. With unmatched digital reach and direct-to-farmer catalogs, they can find the right buyer for your equipment. Not to mention, they have the industry's lowest commission rates. And if you're looking for equipment to buy, you can bid with confidence. No buyer premiums, no reserves, just integrity. Fastline Auctions, your trusted platform for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions. Visit fastline.com for more information. You can join us for a tour of the Fastline Auctions platform July 13th at 6.30 p.m. To register for this webinar, go to northamericanag.com slash fastline hyphen webinar. That's northamericanag.com slash fastline hyphen webinar to register now.